It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, good morning. Great to have you here this morning. This is the second Sunday of 2021. And as Louis mentioned last week, we launched a new series called Habits. And uh, so this is the second week of that. So if you're joining us for the first time or the first time this year, let me catch you up on a little flyover of what we covered off last week. And the first big idea around this series of, of habits is the is the, nece- the need or the idea to have an outcome, to like to set ourselves a goal, a better goal. You know, this year in 2021, I want to be better in this area. Um, and maybe just try to choose one outcome goal and maybe just look at it for the next 12 months. You know, like five years, who knows what's going to happen in five years. Plus, maybe taking a five-year goal or looking five years ahead can, can sometimes feel a bit overwhelming and we barely even get out of the starting blocks before we think, well, I'm never going to get there. So we encourage uh, the, the, uh, the idea of taking a, a, a one goal, one better area, and just looking at it for 12 months. Understand, though, when you set an outcome, that setting the outcome doesn't automatically mean that outcome is going to come true that you're going to achieve it, that you're going to get there, that actually we need to understand that to get to an outcome also requires a commitment to the process. I mean, think about it, even in your own life, and I'm not trying to name and shame you, but, but I wonder if you've ever set yourself an outcome, you know, a New Year's resolution, a better goal, and it was actually a good goal. It was actually mm, probably achievable, like conceivably achievable, and yet... The reason, you know, in some cases, maybe for you, you didn't get to the outcome goal wasn't because the goal was bad or wasn't because the goal wasn't achievable, but because somewhere along the way, you, you gave up on the process. And so we need to understand that the, the importance of both outcome and process. Now, that marries very easily with and very readily with this, the next point we taught last week is the need for patience. Get comfortable with the word eventually over instantly. I know, I know, doesn't sound fun, but some things just take time. And then the third big idea from last week is this idea that who impacts do, that sometimes we write ourselves off and we crop or we crop ourselves out of ever achieving, or even maybe sometimes even bothering to set an outcome goal because of how we see ourselves. Well, I could never get you know, become more disciplined because I've always been a procrastinator. I mean, I, I could never get out of credit card debt because I've never been good with money. I, I could never be a, a great spouse because I grew up in a, in a house where, where, you know, my parents got divorced at an early age. And, and sometimes we actually need to change the perspective of who we are, not deny the past, but actually say, you know what, I've never been good with money, but this year I'm going to become somebody who actually manages finances well. And because of that, I am going to eliminate my credit card debt, whatever that might be. The reality is we already have habits. We're not here to teach about the need for habits. We already have habits. I mean, picture your 
typical day. And I know not every day is a typical day, but let's just, just go with me for a second. Picture a somewhat typical day. You know, if you work full time, picture what sort of a typical day might look like. If you're a domestic CEO, picture what a typical day would look like. Let me give you one, one uh, example of my typical day. A typical day starts with me waking up when my alarm goes off, wandering like a zombie towards my coffee machine and turning my coffee machine on. While it's warming up, I go and take my bathroom break. By the time I finish my bathroom break, I go back to my coffee machine, which is now warmed up, and I pour myself a shot of espresso. I then take my shot of espresso when I open up my computer and I triage my emails for the day. I then, when I finish triaging my emails for the day, I have a second shot of espresso because I'm about to step out of the door and go for a run or a bike ride, which, you know, I want to be fueled by something and not EPO, but instead caffeine. I then go and train, I then come back from training, and I reward myself with a third coffee. I earned it by this stage. Having had my third coffee, I then go and have a shower, finished shower, I come and have breakfast. When I finish my breakfast, I start my first project of the day, and then... I know, right? I, no, I'm snoring for you. Like, how boring does this sound? How lame does this sound? It's like... I'm not even at lunch yet and you're already disinterested. I get it, but that's the point. This is just a reasonably typical day and all of the things I just mentioned require zero thought from me. I mean, maybe a couple of the emails get my attention, but for the most part, it's just going through the motions. But these are how typical days work. I mean, this was proven to me if, if I even needed reminding some time ago uh, about three years ago, Louis and I had just moved house. And the very next day, Louis went to work. You know, it's her typical day. She drove the same way at the same time, finished work at the end of the day, drove home the same way at the same time, and pulled into the driveway of the house we just moved out of the day before. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't let herself in because that would have been awkward. But she pulled in the driveway and was like, how did I end up here? Just was on autopilot. But this is very much how a reasonable percentage of our day's work. In fact, in 2006, Duke University published a study where they concluded that approximately 40% of what we do in a day is the result of habits and not conscious decision-making. 40%. 40% requires no actual conscious thought. That's nearly half of what we do in a day. So here's the thing. This is why habits are so important because if we can adopt and achieve and execute the right habits, then in any given day, we're almost halfway there before we've even had to switch our brain on. Well, that's good news. So let me take you to a slice in history where somebody demonstrated this enormous power of habits. If you've got your Bible or Bible app, uh, let me take you back to Daniel. Now, this is in the older part of the Bible. Um, it's, uh, it records the kind of life and times of a guy named Daniel, hence the title of the book. And I want to drop us into the slice of Daniel's life where the king and the key leaders of the time had, got, had, had launched like a leadership talent ID program and across the region, and they'd identified 120 of the best and the brightest young leaders in the region. 
not only had they identified 120 of the best and the brightest young leaders in the region, they actually soon came to identify that Daniel was actually head and shoulders above the other 119. That among the 120 best, he was even better. And the writer recording about Daniel's life, drop you in at verse 3 of chapter 6, said this Daniel, wrote this Daniel, brimming with spirit and intelligence. That's a nice thing to have said about you. So completely outclassed the other vice regents and governors that the king decided to put him in charge of the whole kingdom. Spoiler, because of this, the other 119 decided they wanted to bring Daniel back down. So here's just a little pro tip. This year, if you decide to chase after some better goals, not everybody is going to be cheering you on. In fact, in some of you, if, you, if some of your better goals are actually requiring you to decouple some of your not-so-good habits, some of the people that used to like you when you did some of the not-so-good habits are now going to say to you, uh, you've changed. And you're going to think, huh, I don't think they're meaning that as a compliment. No, they're not, because they liked the old you, but here's the thing, God's calling you to a better you. When you're moving up in influence and some of the people in your workplace, some of them who were your peers are going are gonna to try and like, well, who do you think you are now that you got a promotion? And this is exactly what happened to Daniel. The vice regents and governors got together to find some old scandal or skeleton in David's life that they could use against him. But they couldn't dig up anything. He was totally exemplary and trustworthy. Another two great qualities to have written about you. They could find no evidence of negligence or misconduct. So they finally gave up and said, well, we're never going to find anything against this Daniel. This Daniel. When someone calls you that, beware. Unless we can cook up something religious. Now, spoiler, or those of you that grew up in church, you know kind of how this story goes. But let, let me give you a little spoiler. Those 119 cooked up a scheme where they convinced the king, King Darius, to issue a decree that nobody in that kingdom was allowed to pray to anybody except the king. That was their scheme. They knew something about Daniel. They knew this might be the very thing that would trip him up. When... Let me, let, me, let me just insert something there. When you read about or learn about somebody in history that's, that's been spoken about as being exemplary and trustworthy and full of spirit and intelligence, those, those are some of their character qualities. When you read about those, some of those same people achieving great things in their sphere, you know, this, is the, this is one of the, the beautiful things about biographies and autobiographies is once we see the headline, one of the things we get to do is we get to actually reverse engineer. What was it that that person did for the previous decade, two decades, three decades? What, what were some of the, the habits that that, because that person was an almost, almost never an overnight success, almost never an overnight sensation in their sphere. And so even when we read someone like, like Daniel, and here's one of the problems with being overly familiar with, with the Bible, is we can be like, yeah, yeah, I know, then Daniel. And like, well, just, whoa, 
re before we even get into the, the sort of the headline, because this isn't the headlines yet. I mean, it's leading up to the headlines. It's pretty good stuff so far. But it's not the big headline. But how did Daniel become someone that was head and shoulders abo above the best and the brightest? How did someone, Daniel become someone that was, that was trustworthy, that, 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 that there was no skeletons in his closet? And so we can read some of that. Well, anyway, we'll come back to that in a second. When Daniel learned that the decree had been signed and posted, meaning nobody was allowed to pray to anybody except the king, he instead continued to pray just as he had always done. His house had windows in the upstairs that opened toward Jerusalem and three times a day he knelt there in prayer thanking and praising God. Now, you church people know that soon after this, Daniel was taken and he was thrown into a den filled with lions. And, and here's, a, here's the thing. This, this shouldn't be a spoiler, but let me spoil it for you anyway. He was thrown into a den full of lions and they didn't even touch him. But you didn't have to be a church person to know that because if they'd thrown him to a den of lions and he'd gotten mauled and eaten, we wouldn't be reading about him right now. We'd be like, sucker, and do the opposite because that, that's not how we want our lives to go. But he was thrown into a lion's den and the, and the lions didn't touch him. Well, 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 well how in the world did Daniel become someone that was head and shoulders above the other best and the brightest in the region, become someone that was noteworthy and trustworthy and exemplary and full of spirit and full of intelligence. And when push came to shove and he had to choose between his God or his king, he chose his God and there was consequences, essentially capital punishment, although, although God rescued him from the lions. And it's right there. I'm not even going to bury the lead for you. I even bolded it on the slide deck. He continued to pray just as he had. Prayer was not his last resort. You know, you get to that point and you say, oh, I think we better pray about this. And the person you're with goes, oh, really? Has it come to that? And you're like, no. He, he was already praying years before. And he continued to pray just as he had always done. Now, We'll take a deep dive into prayer and the transformative power of prayer another time. That's not the focus this month. What I'm wanting to highlight in this instance is Daniel continued to do one thing, a habit. Now, one of the books that uh, I've used to prepare this series is a book called The Power of Habits by an author named Charles Duhigg, which, by the way, Jordan May, happy birthday for yesterday too, by the way, uh, I lent this book to you, and you have not developed the habit of giving it back. Um, but because it was your birthday yesterday, you may keep it. Happy birthday. That's my gift to you six years later. You don't even know where it is. But anyway, this book by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit, one of the key principles that he talks about in this book is he calls it a keystone habit. That, that, that if we develop in our lives a, just one, a keystone habit that not only does that habit have the not have have the direct outcome, the direct benefit that you would expect, uh, but that actually, just by developing a keystone habit beyond 
the benefits of that habit for that specific outcome, it actually has a ripple effect and starts to affect other areas of our lives and how we see ourselves and has benefits beyond the very thing that we asked. Hence, in the opening, we have the dominoes in the opening video because one thing can, a keystone habit can and does have a knock-on effect. So Daniel's praying three times a day was effectively a keystone habit. So here's, here's a, an invitation to us in 2021. Are you willing to think about and commit to a keystone habit? Now, it might be a new keystone habit or it might be one that you jettisoned sometime in your past that you think, you know what? I really should pick that up again. And now, I'm just talking about one. You know, these things are write down your 10. Just one, people. Just one. This year, I want to work out daily. Great. Just, that's it. Not talking about what you eat, not talking about what time you get out of bed. Just, that's the, that's the keystone habit that you might want to identify. I want to read, my, this year, I want to read my Bible every day. That's it. You haven't yet talked about prayer. You've not talked about attending church. Just, just that one achievable Keystone habit. This year, I want to eliminate one credit card debt. I mean, I've got a whole family of them. I'm just going to, this year, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of one. Just one. And do Higgle tell you that by choosing one keystone habit, it will likely, in fact, he would say it will almost certainly have a ripple effect into other areas of your life without you having initially consciously focused on them. Now, it's one thing to choose a keystone habit. <laughs> it's another thing to stick with and continue to execute that keystone habit. So let me help you help you by showing you a very simple uh, diagram of what all of the kind of the experts in this field, they almost universally agree with this very simple uh, model called the habits loop and they might use a tiny different few words but essentially you're going you're gonna to arrive when you read the books and do the, the study you're going to arrive at this sort of thing the habit loop and the habit loop starts with a trigger and that trigger unleashes an action or a routine the thing you do when that trigger first occurs, then out of that action, out of that routine, and the reason you've chosen that is because it leads you to a reward. And because of that reward, the next time that trigger happens, you just repeat that behavior. Now, this, this cuts both ways. This is how bad habits work, okay? Let me just highlight that for a second. Somebody, no, here we go, speaking from personal experience, potentially. My spouse, no, but, no, but I, wait, wait, I'm the baddie in this story, example. My spouse did that thing again. And because, hypothetically, she did that thing again, I 
yelled at her, because that's what I do, and I felt, temporarily, better about myself because it felt in the moment like I won because I screamed louder and longer. And so next time when she does that thing again, I'm going to do my thing again and I'm going to feel the same way in the short term. This is how bad habits form. Okay, so understand that because a lot of uh, people in recovery will tell you that this is, the, this is one of the things they have to actually break, break this loop because it's been, and it doesn't happen on day one, it happens on year four and so on. Because habits have a cumulative effect, both negatively, if, if it's a bad habit, and or positively. Thankfully, this is also how good habits are formed, right? So if this is true, and again, people smarter than me in this sphere tell us it is, then the key is to set up the right trigger. Before you've even chosen the action, before you've even felt the reward, that you would actually zoom in on the trigger. And one of the keys, and here's the pro tip, with the trigger, make it easy and obvious, or obvious and easy. And you're like, I didn't sign up for a psychology class at university. I thought I was coming to church to worship Jesus. Jesus is calling you to some stuff and your habits are going to make or break, yours, not his call, yours and my habits are gonna make and break. So yeah, absolutely. And I said this to our team this morning. I believe the Bible is all true and not all truth is in the Bible. You're like, he's a witch, burn him. Like, no, 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 you know this because when you turn up at your dentist, you hope that he or she hasn't just read the Bible at dental school. When you have a heart attack and you're in the back of the ambulance and they go, clear, and, and, and the other person, the other uh, ambo says, no, 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 just pray for them. It's like, no, 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 do both, clear, and please God revive them. So this is one of those... Uh, Biology and psychology are not divorced from theology. The same God that wrote the Bible is the same God that wired us a certain way. And if we understand that, then guess what? We're going to be better positioned to achieve the sort of things that He's created us to become. We good? We good. All right. Or just don't come back next week. Those are the choices. Um, with the trigger, make it obvious and easy. So here's some examples, and I'm gonna and, I, and I'm gonna tell you. A couple from my life, not because I'm the hero at this, but just because on this very basis, the habits loop, the need to make the trigger obvious and easy. These are some of the things that, that work for me, okay? But they don't have to be your trigger, A, eh? or your approach. But whatever your trigger is that's, that you want to lead to a certain action, make it obvious and easy. So, for example, if you have set yourself one keystone habit, that's all, just one, in 2021 to work out every day. So, so the action or the routine is the workout. Then how do we load the trigger? And, and this is all I do. I, I, the night before, as a part of my, bed, my boring bedtime routine, is I gather all of my workout gear that I will need the next day, and I put it in a place that is obvious. I don't gather it all and shove it in the corner, hope that I don't see it the next day. Like, if I don't see it, maybe I don't have to do it. No, I put it somewhere that I will literally trip over it. 
on the way out the door. If I, so it's obvious, and, it's, and I've got everything there. So I'm not like, oh, where's my water bottle? Oh, where's my left shoe? Oh, where's my workout undies? Oh, where? No, everything is obvious and it makes it easy. So all I need to do, yes, I still need to, to put said workout gear on and step out of said front door. So it's not that the trigger launches you to do the workout, but it, it, it's one less barrier to remove. And if you're thinking, oh yeah, I actually identified with the where's my left shoe and where's my car keys. and my, Yeah, sure. Night before people. Or this one. You, this, in 2021, my keystone habit is I want to be more organized. Well, well here's, here, here's one. Here's one. Now, look, I'm setting you up for success. What I'm about to tell you, you're going to be, what? Yeah. Because remember, keystone habits have ripple effects into other areas of life. So if you, if you have set yourself the, the, the goal, the keystone habit goal of 2021 to be more disciplined, more organized. Do not press snooze when your alarm goes off in the morning. And you're like, oh, come on now. I mean, I know God says all things are possible, but I mean, this is probably one that's a deal breaker. So, so what you do with the permission of the people in your household is, is put your alarm clock or your phone a significant walking distance from your bed. Do not put it on your bedside table where all is required is poo. Seven minutes later, poo. Seven minutes later, some of you may be on your phone, you've got some wear marks on the screen that marry up exactly where that snooze button pops up in the morning. Put it close enough so you can hear it, but far enough so you actually have to schlep over and get it. It's still not 100% of a deal breaker, but hopefully it's obvious and easy and be more likely to launch your day in a more disciplined and organized way. Oh, here's another one, last one. Some of you are like, I can't take any more. Maybe for 2021, your goal is to experience greater intimacy with God. There's a good one. So here's one thing that could work in 2021. Bible before Instagram. Bible before Facebook. Bible before news app. And so the obvious and easy thing is that when you finished on your device the night before, close the news and the social media apps, which allegedly saves battery life, but that's actually fake news. Close them, like literally take them off and, and leave the Bible app as the first, regardless of what's behind that, the calendar app, and the, leave the Bible app as the first, as the, as, the, as the app that's open on your phone when you turn it off at night. Because what that does is when you pop up your phone in the morning, the first app that you will see is the Bible app. Again, you can just swipe away. I, but this is one of, it's just, it's a trigger that is designed to 
more likely set you up for success that's obvious and easy. And here's the big idea of the series. Let me remind you of that. Louis, come up here, punch me, and uh, take over the microphone. Come, 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 come. Uh, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Now, next week, this was all about starting. Starting and sticking was our, is the message this week. Starting, sticking. Next week, I want to talk about stopping. Some things, some practices, some habits that we might want to consider stopping in 2021. So that, and that's the end of the series. So we've just invited you to come on this three-week journey with us. Uh, launch 2021 strong. By the way, last week's message is on our podcast. It's on our YouTube channel. You can go back and, and digest that in its entirety. Um, and, then, and then what we're going to do next week, uh, Kaylee, pay attention, is we're going to, if you want, uh, our prayer team and, and a few of our heavyweights are going to pray for you if you want that. Uh, we're going to have communion together uh, in a COVID safe way, which is, by the way, if you're wondering, we haven't had communion in a while. We've figured out how to do it in a COVID safe way. Uh, if Mark McGowan asks. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to take communion together to really commit to, to these sorts of habits because, it, because the big idea isn't to become more organized or to become fitter or to become... No, the big idea is to become who Jesus is calling us to become and to not do it in our own power and strength because He's with us. So we're going to take communion together. And by the way, that's why God calls people into family. Because we're also, we're meant to do this journey with Jesus and encouraging and championing each other. So we're going to take communion together and we're going to pray for you if you want it. Uh, launching and leading into 2021. So be here, bring someone and uh, let's expect God to do things beyond what we even ask for or imagine. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.